Welcome to PNC C-Speak, the language of executives. I'm Carol Daniel, along with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC. Each podcast features local and regional C-level executives talking about relevant and timely business topics. This knowledge-sharing platform provides insights on forward-thinking business approaches that disrupt the status quo and encourage business leaders to think differently. Today, Mike and I welcome Mark Stegman, managing partner of POE, Professional Office Environments. Welcome to PNCC Speak. Thank you, Carol, for having me. Let's start with what POE is. What do you do? We are a workplace planning and solutions firm, um, which basically means we not only furnish companies' workspaces, but we help them deliver the projects. Uh, We have access to global research and knowledge, and we have a team of people that can help us act as consultants with architects and engineers and... um, subcontractors with GCs or a partner with you as a client directly. I hear office space environment and I hear employee experience and what you're describing. How important is that today, even more so than, say, 10 years ago? I would say it's incredibly important. Um, If you just look back, let's say, five years ago, um, we had about 8 million people in the workforce working from home. Um, In 2020, when COVID hit, that number jumped all the way to 50 million. And there's stats today that say, you know, in 2020, we had 80% of the workforce working remotely. Um, and it's going to stay somewhere around 60 to 70%. And that, the, the idea that you can work from home and do and plan your day the way you want autonomously um, it, it needs to remain. Um, and so I need to feel that in the workplace. You need to feel that in the workplace because there's also things that have not gone so well in terms of working from home. People are working two hours longer a day. They're getting burnt out. Um, and we need to take what's good about working from home and reintroduce it into the workspace. So, Mark, I find that interesting. Would you talk for a moment about the the merger of, say, your work environment and technology? Because it seems to me things like access, how do you measure your employees when you used to do it by walking around? Uh, How do you do that in today's environment that is more work from home and in the term you use, autonomous? What if I told you 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 aren't going to do it? So, you know, I look back at, uh, I'm going to call it the roaring 20s, all right, after we had the Spanish flu. And there was a lot of formality involved in our environments and the way we socially interacted with each other. After the Spanish flu came the Roaring Twenties, we suddenly have this like inspiration in fashion. We have inspiration in art. We have inspiration in architecture, music, jazz, um, dance. Um, and, and the ways that we did those things all became a little less formal. So where our corporate office environments and our workplaces were set up for what I'm going to describe as supervision and control, I think in the future and as we invite people back they need to be set up for coaching they need to be set up as a place where you can sense something as a place where you can be inspired not as a place where you're going to have that supervision and control we've got to operate as leaders in a new way i promise you that i can feel people rolling their eyes a little bit certainly some business leaders when you talk about mentoring and um, ins- inspiration, but it's, I mean, these are real needs because these are real people. These are real needs because these are real people. Um, you know, 
so we're talking about your managers not necessarily getting a private office, but getting a coaching booth, right? Mm. All right. We're talking about not necessarily having meeting rooms anymore. We're talking about having client experience centers. So you're not going to a meeting to make a decision. You're going to a client experience center to be inspired to take the next step. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I like it. So how does your firm play a role in that uh, dynamic change? We play a role because a lot of these things that we're talking about are rooted in human behavior, like the sociology that's been embedded you know, in us since caveman time, right? So we look at the sociology and the psychology of people, and we look at what's happening in the current context of the, uh, our, our culture, and we take soci- sociology and psychology principles, and we apply those to the way workspaces can be set up. So when we talk to somebody about what they do for their job, you know, I'm, I'm a project manager. I manage schedules. I manage risk. We talk about them as having a certain work style that we can associate with a workspace that works with that work style as opposed to the specific task. I need a file drawer. Well, yes, you might need a file drawer, but you also need something that helps you as a project manager and the predetermined way that you like to work. Why am I sitting here thinking that when we talk about the Great Resignation and in addition to remote work, that there is a there's a percentage of employees that don't want to come back, but you're going to have to come back, right? And so in terms of recruitment, managers have to, got to get the right people. And to get the right people, you have to have the right environment. That's exactly right. So there is going to be a, a portion of our population that doesn't, they don't want to. So when I said, hey, what if I told you we're not going to be doing control and uh, supervision anymore. Mm-hmm. It's because the employees don't want it, right? If we go that route, they're gonna they're gonna push back. I think Apple's a great example of that. When they first pushed uh, pushed out their return to work program, it was intended to be back in the office four full time days a week and only have one day working remotely. Immediately within pushing that out, they got a response from their employees that gave them pause. And now they're back in the headlines again as a thought leader saying, oh, you know what? Return to work is when you need to be here um, at, at your convenience, right? It's not going to be a, a mandatory number of days that we can control. It's I'm doing this type of work. It's strategic work. I'm going to be pointing to things. I'm going to be sharing my computer screen. I'm going to have guests. I'm going to have stuff out on a table. I need to do that in person because right now technology only allows us to share one thing one at a time. But I'm going to be doing the type of work that, that requires me to look at multiple things, multiple points in time. Um, so it's about responding to the type of work you're doing, um, not necessarily a, a controlled number that we can offer mm-hmm. somebody. So, Mark, it seems that the new normal is, is to try to find that sweet spot so an organization can allow their employees to do their best work and advance that mission. Is that is that an accurate statement? That is an accurate statement because we've also found the organizations themselves don't do as well when everybody is at home 100% of the time. There is logic in bumping into people in your organization throughout the day and catching them, you know, ad hoc. It's really hard to do that 
when you're at home all the time. Um, everything has to be scheduled and every interaction has to be accepted. So think about that for a second. When you're at home, if you want to get in touch with somebody, they have to accept your video call. They have to accept your phone call. They can easily ignore it. When you're in the office, you can bump into somebody and you can catch them for five minutes and you guys can have a conversation and it isn't like they can control that from not happening. I can't just turn my back (laughs) when we're in the office together. Uh, Tell us what you mean by um, third spaces. So third spaces, um, what's been happening in people's lives right now and what was happening pre-COVID is people would go to work and the way that we've designed our office environments uh, right now is they've now become a distraction when you're at work. Uh, all the panels are low. Your coworker sits three to four feet away from you. Um, you've got 50 other co- coworkers who are three to four feet away from you. Um, your managers are always circling, and it's really hard to focus. So when we first went home, um, we found this love for the ability to focus at our homes. But that slowly has eroded too. We've got spouses. We've got loved ones. We've got children. We've got pets. All these people that we care about. Um, that when you're in a shared space with them, uh, you hear their voice, you hear their cry, you hear their bark. Um, they're people you care about. You want to see what's happening with them, right? And it's a distraction at home as well. So a third place is a distraction-free environment. We used to think of these as like co-working spaces or coffee shops or whatnot. But when you take the percentage of people that are now working at home and where it used to be and the people that were using the co-working spaces and the coffee shops, we're not going to have enough. So we're encouraging companies to build their own third spaces where you can build a distraction-free environment. It's different than a break room. It's different than, you know, a work cafe. Um, It's really a, a separate space on your campus for people to sort of come to and go as they please that isn't related to your department, isn't related to your division. Um, And there's no crying baby and no talkative coworker. You're exactly right. (laughs) So a lot of what we're talking about, Mark, is productivity. And, you know, my experience is that it's somewhat generational. So when you, you talk to some people, they said, we have blown productivity through the walls. It's so high in this work from home environment. And other people would, would say the opposite. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, because you're in that market every day. What's going on there? Is it some businesses are more productive and some lend themselves to that? Uh, what's the balance here? I think, uh, I think it's some work is more productive at home and some work is more productive in the office. So the business as if the business as a, a whole is 100%, let's say, customer representative focused you probably could be more productive in your home environment because those call centers in the past were what i described three feet away from you there's another person on a call trying to solve a problem and you hear all that amongst 200 customer service representatives you're probably going to do a better job with that at home Um, but that's a really specific type of work if your work is um it's if it's creative type work you're probably going to be more productive in the office. I can't tell you how many calls I've been on where we spend the majority of the call trying to describe what we want somebody to point to. 
right? As opposed to just being able to get up and point to it and move on to the next point. Even the, hey, you're on mute. (laughs) We are so often just like, it almost feels like we're stuck. We just keep repeating what we're doing. Right. Um, So I think there's definitely productivity to be had by eliminating, hey, you're, you're on mute. Which can you then describe, because I love Michael's question, can you then describe how some companies, in your experience, your clients, how they are successfully blending the virtual and the on-site? So I think some of the success is uh, because the the technology is not quite there yet. Um, There's a lot going into technology today in terms of we need to make people's microphones better. If you're in a big room and there's a microphone up front, um, and you don't have a sophisticated video calling uh, uh, system, you can't hear people in the back. Um, the cameras aren't quite there yet. Um, yes, you can see the whole room, but you can't see people's facial expressions. You can't really pick up on how they're feeling when you're doing a remote call. And I know a, a lot of that is being worked on in the technology sector. But I do think some of the companies that are doing it successfully are paying attention to sort of the formality in both spaces, Right. So somebody's at home, they're in their bedroom, um, they're in their casual clothes, and you may be needing to make uh, that video call in a, a, let's call it the boardroom. Right. And you're in high back chairs and it's a wood table. I think companies that are doing it successfully are finding ways to take some of the formality out of those meeting spaces in inside the office so that it feels like a connected space between the virtual participants and um, and the, the physical participants. What an interesting point. And I think they've done that with the technology of things like getting rid of backgrounds on your video screens and uh, making things all, you know, more optional. Uh, so, so where does that leave us? What's it going to be like in, say, two years and also 10 years? So I think in two years, you're going to have some stability, Okay. Because what we don't have right now is stability. The rules are changing almost daily with how we're supposed to be responding to the pandemic. Um, And it's, you know, oh, we're going to be back in the office tomorrow. We're going to be back in April. We're going to be back in two years. I don't know. But I think we're going to have some stability where the environment has sort of settled into the number of people that are working from home, the number of people that are working remote, the number of people that are working hybrid. And then I think in 10 years, uh, I think you're going to have um, a dramatic uh, reduction in the formality of our spaces, you know, um, and that goes back along with what I talked about with uh, the Roaring Twenties, right? So there may not be boardrooms, there may not be private offices, there may not be executive floors, um, there may not be building lobbies. You might be able to handle guests through technology. Um, and security through technology. Um, I also think you're going to have sensor-heavy environments in 10 years where things are monitored through things embedded in the desks or in in the chairs or in the rooms themselves. Um, And I think the quality of our spaces will continue to go up. Um, If nothing else, the the past two years have taught us is about acoustics. Um, We're all on these video calls and we feel the need to talk louder when we're on a video call. So now suddenly everybody's tuned in to, oh, this wall really wasn't acoustically sound. We could do better on our ceilings. We could do better on our walls. Um, and so I think our environments are going to be uh, uh, sharper and more 
more in tune with what we need as, as people. Sensors in the chair means you can't be late. <laughs> what a fascinating conversation. Mark, thank you so much for joining Michael Scully and me for this episode of PNC C-Speak, the language of executives.